0: Welcome to the 286th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 29th, 2022. Where does the time go? My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who prefers his fruit on the bottom, Carlos Rodella.
1: Wait. I don't know what that means at all.
0: You said you were having uh, yogurt today.
1: Oh, that's true. The fruit is at the bottom.
0: There you go. Boom. Connection. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, except for you had yogurt.
1: Listen, I'm telling you, everybody needs to check out. I don't know if it's everywhere available, but uh, Elanos yogurt.
0: Oh, I've had that. Yeah. Are they local? I don't they're know they're local. local. They're 100% North
1: local. West. Yeah. Okay. But I think they might. I'm not sure if they rolled them out nationwide or not, but it, the key lime pie Yogurt. That's like, that's
0: like their best one.
1: It's their best one. Like hands yeah, it's, down.
0: It's a Greek yogurt company, folks. For people that don't know, it's a Greek right. yogurt.
1: And on the bottom, yes. there's this lime flavor. Um, and it's just amazing. They have these little crumbles that you put on the top. Yeah,
0: it's good stuff.
1: And it's good for you. It's like the best thing in me and my system that's like always like out of order.
0: Almost probiotics and stuff. Probiotics
1: are really great for you. So you yes, go. I do like that.
0: All right. Alright folks, we are here, we are recording, and it's a big, big show, really big show, lots of stuff to talk about. I actually um, have a lot of housekeeping, and I know that Carlos has a few things, so I guess let's get to it. Folks, if you are a regular listener, you already know this, if you're a new listener, welcome. And we're about to let you know that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. On my side, I've got maybe like, maybe like five, four or five things? What do you got on your side, Carlos?
1: Yeah, a few things in one huge box that's almost like it's labeled "Do Not Open," because could cause controversy. Do
0: not open hazardous material.
1: Yeah, um, but the first thing I just mentioned really quickly that I just saw in passing, um, Bloodborne, uh, we kept talking about on the show and how I couldn't go back to it because it was it hurt my eyes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The graph. Yes, I remember we talked about this like maybe like two episodes ago.
1: Yeah. Well, there's rumor that Blue Point is working on that uh, revised
0: yeah. version. Yeah. I heard about that
1: which totally makes sense because like i told you on the show demon souls uh is incredible looking and like i think better looking than um elden ring easily i mean
0: dude at this point blue point doing a remaster of every souls game is just like money on the table like people yeah. will buy those like like crazy i don't know why it's taken so long
1: well i'm sure they're working on it now that's what i'm, I'm thinking is uh what, what i'm hearing from the grapevine so that's cool i mean i'll finally get to play it for real I mean, have you never played through
0: Bloodborne all the way? You probably haven't,
1: huh? Just the beginning of it. And then again, I got like, yeah.
0: Gosh, I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people really like Bloodborne. And in fact, I know many people, that's their favorite of the FromSoft games. I mean, I finished it. I went through the main campaign. I even finished the DLC, which I feel like has one of the hardest, hardest bosses FromSoft has ever done. Um, And man, I just don't know if I've got it in me to play through it again. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I got to say, I'm not like the biggest Bloodborne fan. I like parts of it. And the best part, uh, are the weapons which transform. Transforming weapons are badass, and those are great. I'd love to see more of those, but I just don't know if I got enemy me to play through it again, man.
1: Well, again, you already beat it, so you don't need to. Yeah. Uh, but I think for like me, I probably will finish Demon's Souls at some point. I just had to take a break from Souls games, but I love the reimagining of it. And, again, improved graphics really does help those types of games, I think. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I'm with you, dude. I mean, on like, real talk, just laying it out on the table, I thought a lot of the stuff in Bloodborne looked like shit. Like I'm kind of with you. Like especially yeah. like the monsters and some of the weird hair textures and just overall like it's. I like I kind of like the style, the motif of it, but like honestly, I don't think it's a great looking game.
1: Well, we'll get a new one soon. All uh, right, a couple of little light pieces of news. Uh, ben Studios, who we love because we love Days I Gone. I love Ben Studios. Hell yeah, they are not going to work on another Days Gone. Um, the information that's coming out of, I guess, the grapevine. Uh, again, is that they're working on a new IP right now. Okay. So, but I think we're here for it,
0: right? I am absolutely here for Ben Studios. I love Ben Studios. I love almost everything they've put out. I love Days Gone, but you know what? Honestly, I'm fine if they leave it alone because I don't know what else you would do with that game that you didn't already do the first time. I loved it. Days Gone, absolutely one of my favorite open world titles of all time. Loved it. Uh, I definitely recommend it to everybody who hasn't played it. But I mean sometimes you just you tell the story and you do the thing and then you're good and you don't need to go back to it so yeah. i would be totally fine with the new ip
1: especially because we played it on talked about it on the show and did a spoiler cast and that game went on forever that is a significantly substantial game i mean like 150 hours something like that yeah and we were like this is the end right now remember this is the end oh no we, this
0: we said that like nine times dude. Yeah. this has got to be no no this is no yeah it Here, goes on forever
1: here's another 10 hour section yeah. Um, so I'm fine with that, but I'm really excited to see what's going to be. And lastly, yeah. another grapevine news, which I guess we should just call this a section called the grapevine. Um, Normaritas leaked that there's a Death Stranding too oh, being I worked heard on. That, yes. Yeah.
0: Did he leak it, or was it like a tactical leak?
1: Yeah, he messed up. He did. I think he's done that a couple times now. He's Is like, he? I don't know, kind of I mean, giving out information. I don't know.
0: Maybe it was a, maybe it was a a planned slip. It's a, you know, he's a oh, I see what you're he saying. He can fake things, you know. Yeah. Oh, but... I, oh, I accidentally mentioned this thing. Whoops. Sorry.
1: And by the way, who doesn't think that he's working on something like that? I mean, that's not a. It's not really a big of a thing, but. Yeah, I mean, if
0: anything, I thought we were going to get more DLC for uh, for uh, what's it called?
1: Death Stranding. Death
0: Stranding. I'm surprised we didn't get more. D- I know we got the director's cut, which was cool, and in fact, I really want to get back to it because uh, I was fully planning on playing through that again. But uh, I-, I thought we'd get like more DLC. So I don't know. Maybe it's just moved on to the next thing.
1: Well, they, they're already working on it. That's what it sounds like. Normally, like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna work our, We already started working on it." So the next Death Stranding DLC
0: is Death Stranding Two. So that's exactly it. Yeah. Things, yeah. You
1: know? All right, what boxes do you have? And I'll save that big, huge one for later. Okay,
0: sure. Um, just want to do a really quick wrap up on Citizen Sleeper. We talked about it like two weeks ago when you played it, and then last week I dove into it and I liked it a lot. I finished it a couple days ago, and I gotta say that game in incredible i love that game so much it is so good and i'm not going to talk about it in depth i'm actually writing a review for gamefix.com right now uh but wow it was so good it was like a, i mean uh, i just was really constantly impressed the further i got into it the, the more impressed i was and i was just constantly surprised and there was a couple moments where i was just like holding my breath and then mm. things were okay and it was just it was crazy citizen sleeper is the fucking best absolutely one of the best games i played this year. I love it. And you're definitely going to be hearing more about this uh, when we do our year end discussion for sure.
1: Wow. Yeah. I have to go back to it. It's that thing where like, I'm not in the mood for that type of game right now. Oh yeah. But I recognize it's brilliance and I really do like the more I played it, I really do enjoy it a lot. So I will go back to it at some point. Just not right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be in the headspace for it, right? I mean, I've seen a lot of people bounce off it, which is understandable. It's kind of like a, a visual novel it's kind of like a board game. It's kind of like resource management. Um, so, like, if you're not in the mood for, like, how this game is basically just, like, a series of menus, then you're not going to connect, right? Yeah. But if you're in the zone, man, that guy fucking just nailed it so hard. Like, it is so good. It is amazingly good. Okay. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, a bunch of movies, a bunch of movies recently. I don't know about you, Carlos, but sometimes me and the wife get in this funk. And, I mean, with, like, the world politics life like sometimes it just gets to be like a lot right oh yeah and i know that some people like listen to our podcast to kind of snap them out of it and i'm really glad that we can do that for people but i can't listen to my own podcast because i made it it doesn't have the same (laughs) effect on me right it does it does not work that way so what me and the wife do sometimes is like we'll just start watching like horror movies because for some reason you know your heart gets pumping the adrenaline gets going you get scared hopefully and those horror movies are something that like mentally snap us out of it and i've noticed Mm. that's really the only time that we really get into like a lot of horror movies like we'll watch a one-off here every now and again but like we've been watching like five six seven eight horror movies like like every night and i'm like man like we just we just need that like mental break so recently i watched Candyman, the original Candyman, yeah. and then the jordan peele remake have you are you familiar I, with these i
1: know the old one and i saw it a long time ago and then i heard there was the new one i forgot that it came out so i haven't checked it out
0: you know a lot of people it's so i feel weird because i i feel like i'm pretty knowledgeable about horror movies not an expert or anything Um, But, you know, I know horror, and I, I, I like horror a lot. And Candyman is one of those movies that, like, everybody talks about, but it fell through the cracks for me. I never had the time to watch it. I just, every time it came up, I was always doing something, or we always chose some other movie, or just whatever, whatever. And it's one of those ones where, like, you always want to go back, and, like, you're embarrassed you haven't seen it, right? So, like, I finally get to watch Candyman 1, and then I watch the Jordan Peele remake the next night. And I gotta say, like... I expected them to be like a lot better. I don't think they're very good movies.
1: Um, no, they're. Not. I mean, the first one never. No one ever said that. <laughs> no one ever. I've, I mean, left the theater and checked, said, "This is amazing." They get
0: name checked so often, and I hear about them huh. so much, it's crazy to me because I thought they'd be. Better. I. I don't think they're very good movies. I really don't. Um, I think they're interesting, and I think there's. I think the main problem with both Candyman one and the Jordan Peele remake is that they have too many ideas, and they don't really focus on just one or two, and everything feels very like undefined and nothing really comes together in a very pointed way. Like it's like, they want to talk about like, you know, like a horror slasher sort of thing. They kind of want to talk about like possession. They kind of want to talk about racism. They kind of want to talk about gentrification. They kind of want to just kind of, kind of, kind of. And they, I don't feel like any of it ever really comes together um, in the Mm. old one or the new one. So I was very surprised. I guess I expected better. And man, that nineties one is like, uh, that is the most nineties ass movie (laughs) that could ever be like the music. Yeah. The visuals, I mean, everybody in it was like just, oh, it was just like total head trip. I felt like I was living in like 1991
1: again. It was, dude, like, it was crazy. some of those movies, when they came out and we were in the 90s, we were like, this is so 90s. Oh, dude, <laughs> We <laughs> totally. like, just knew it was this like of the era, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, man, that is absolutely of that decade. So that is ridiculous. So Candyman wanted to. I'm glad I watched them, but like they, I, yeah, I just, I, I expected better. Anyway, moving on, we did see a movie called Corporate Animals uh it's on shutter i love shutter we don't really talk about shutter very no, much. no it's shutter. a good
1: service for horror for oh, sure i
0: love shutter yeah. it's like i think it's the parent company's amc but it's like the 100 percent horror channel they've got so much good programming if you want horror stuff they got documentaries they've got series they've got um like short uh short movies they've got uh hot comedy i mean they've got like dude like everything if you like horror man i love shutter so much but um they have corporate animals. This stars uh, a guy from uh, what's the guy who played Andy on the office.
1: Um, oh, gosh. Um, I don't know names of whatever in the office. It's a not. but
0: so you would actually you might want to check this out because this has a lot of SNL people on it. Um, I didn't realize that when we started watching it. But as I was watching, I'm like, oh, I should tell Carlos about this. Basically, the story is a, uh, uh, a company owner, which ended up being to Moore, more, which is weird to see her after all these years. Um, she takes her group to like the, the wilderness and the guy who plays Andy Bernard in the office, I forget what his name is. I apologize, Mr. Oh, it's Um, Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so he takes them out to like, uh, to go caving like as a team building exercise. Right. So they get inside the cave, of course, like cave in and then they're trapped. And so it becomes like a single room experience where they're all like talking to each other and there's no, no way out and there's no rescue. And so they kind of like slowly go crazy as you can imagine, like cannibalism comes up and it was like it's a lot goofier that I'm describing it. Um, but it was pretty funny and it was pretty um, it felt almost like an like an episode of The Office, but underground and with cannibalism. So it was mm-hmm. it was worth watching. And I think you might get a kick out of it. It was pretty it was pretty good.
1: By the way, this reminds me. I don't know what the name of it is. I'm trying to look it up, but I can't remember. Um, there was a movie about corporate like a corporation and everybody in there had to like kill each other. That movie, there's actually been a couple of those. Okay.
0: And one of them, if you're thinking about the one I'm thinking of, which I cannot remember what it was called right now, but like it's the one where they they built the the building where the building had metal shutters and all the windows and doors, and they locked everybody inside. Is that? The, like, yeah, area? that's the
1: one I'm thinking about. Yeah.
0: Oh, dude, that movie... Oh, man, I feel like such an asshole for not remembering. That is one of my favorite movies of like the last 10 years. I fucking love it. Oh, really? Okay. It is so... I saw the trailer good. and
1: always like... Because I just like what they're trying to say, too. It's, it feels like they're saying oh, something God. in the movie as well.
0: Oh, my God. That movie is the shit. It is so fucking... I'm going to look it up when you're talking. Okay. I'm going I'm to... Well, that I'll
1: talk right now while you look it up because I was going to say... Yeah, look it up gonna Google. Go ahead. Similar to what you've been talking about, why you and the wife jump into horror movies... Now you understand, kind of that's like what I do for fantasy RPGs right like, so I get you, yeah. the world is insane. and I go instead of going to the horror genre, I jump to like a fantasy element where I can, you know control and and make my character better and just kind of live in this world where there's all new rules, right? Yes, and that's actually a good way to explain it. And like there's all new systems and there's not the same politics and it's a whole different world. and that's why. I really do jump into those kind of games. Oh yeah. I, you know? I totally
0: get it, dude. Like you gotta find that thing that just like gets your head in a different place and snaps you out of your funk. So yeah. Yeah, for you, definitely RPGs. For me, I think it's like I think it's like horror movies. Let me give a couple more quick shout outs here. While we were on Shudder, we also watched a brand new movie. I maybe like last year, it's called Tragedy Girls. Have you heard of this one?
1: No, but I know Final yeah. Girls. Have you ever seen that? I've not I don't <gasps> even know what that one's about. Write that down right now and sorry right. to, to segue. I won't even talk about it. Everybody, go watch Final Girls. Okay, it's I'm gonna write that down. Is it incredible. a horror movie or what is it? It's a horror with comedy. But okay, it's I love horror fucking comedy. Fucking incredible. Okay. Okay. Go ahead.
0: Tragedy Girls on Shutter. Also, it's about these two girls who laugh and just think about it. They want to uh, increase their social media presence. They want more likes. They want more followers. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. And so they start killing people. And then reporting on those killings to like get themselves known in social media circles, it's really it's really dark. It is like pitch black dark. It's really bloody. Um, it's kind of surprisingly bloody in a few places, and it's it's really funny. Like it is so absolutely on target about like how we live in social media, how likes and followers are so important. And these like these crazy metrics that we use to like measure our life. And it was really good. It was really funny. Um, I mean, don't go into it if you're not ready for like a really pitch black horror comedy, but it was excellent. Really excellent. Um, The final thing I want to call out for, uh, for movies, it's on Netflix. It's called RRR. Have you heard of it? Three R's in a row. I haven't. It's from India. Uh, I, somebody on Twitter mentioned it just real briefly and it caught my attention um it is a i feel like it's a three plus hour epic movie from india that's set just after world war one near the time of the indian uh revolution where they were trying to become independent from britain this doesn't um, sound like a horror movie it is not a horror movie I, oh, okay, sorry, sorry my bad my bad it would be amazing if it was but no it didn't i, 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 really I should have prefaced should have prefaced getting away from horror uh but what it was was the most balls out fucking over the top action extravaganza with explosions and knife fights and bows Hmm. and arrows and motorcycle chases and like it was like so fucking crazy over like at a a scale of like one to ten this is like a 14 on the like over the top scale like it was just it was so beyond anything that we usually get and on top of that it was interesting because you got a real look at the cultural differences between america and india now i'm not saying that this is a documentary i'm sure that this is you know you know, just like big blockbuster uh, entertainment. But at the same time, the core of the movie was about a friendship between these two guys. And that's what it was. It was like, it was kind of like a bromance movie where in America we would be all like squicked out and be like, Oh, are these guys gay? What's going on? I can't handle this movie. But in this movie, they were like, we're just fucking real best friends. And we cherish this friendship. And we're going to go through all of these things to be there for each other. in just like this friendship way, like it was so fucking wholesome and cool. Hmm. And on top of that, I mean, just like over the top, there's like slow motion, bullet time, wild animals, like just blood. All... I mean, it was just like, it was just crazy. It was. And the craziest thing about it was like, it's like a three plus hour movie. And I can't stand movies that are more than like 90 minutes these days. Like me and my wife and my son, we sat down. We didn't budge for like the entire three hours. We just watched that thing wow. all the way through. And that never happens anymore. Like usually we're like, okay, I watched half. We're good. Or I'm going to do something else
1: or yeah, hey, whatever. Check the phone.
0: Yeah, check the phone. Like we were like glued to it like for an entire 3 hours. Now, you got to like Indian movies. Um if you don't like them, I mean if you don't know, you don't like. Them. I mean, give me a shot. But there's like there's dancing. There's oh, the Bollywood there's musical dance. number. There's always dancing, yes. right? So there's music. Um so br- brace yourself for that. But the, I mean, I, thought, I thought it was a really great movie. We really enjoyed it a lot. So it's on Netflix. RRR is what it's called. I thought it was fantastic.
1: The only movie that was like that long was Dune the remake recently. Yeah, I, Dune. I just sat right through that. Didn't look at my phone at all. I loved it. Yeah, Dune is pretty good too. Uh, before I lead horror movies, I just want to mention that I just finally started Stranger Things season four. Oh yeah, because it just dropped and um, was very excited. But I gotta say, oh, that's that's the line you say. Uh, anyways, to, to copy <laughs> or to quote Brad, um, I gotta say, I gotta say, you do say that ever all the time. So anyways, I gotta say that it's really fucking dark, like. I don't think they prepare people. And obviously right now, I know you jumped into horror for the fantasy element, but right now there's a lot of dark stuff in the world. And so I kind of wanted Stranger Things to be my escape. And I wasn't thinking of it like you, escape for horror. I want as like escape for kind of 80s nostalgia, uh, fantasy elements. And even season three was a pretty dark ending. I mean, won't spoil it, but it's like pretty rough, you know, season three's ending. But most of the season still had those kind of like light touches and while season four has some of them, it starts fucking dark. I mean, like literally first scene, and uh, they actually had to put a like disclaimer on it. Oh fuck! Really? Yeah. Wow. They had to say like, "Hey, we didn't know that life was going to be so shitty and dark, and uh, you know, current events and stuff like that." Without going into all of it. Wow. And so they so it's like they made it a while ago. You know, they didn't. They've been working yeah, on it for a while. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So then
1: also. It's graphic as fuck sometimes, like way more than normal. Like, I'll give you an example for people listening because you might not want to watch the season, but like somebody's bones get like all broken and stuff like that from a monster, Mm -hmm. and it's just like super realistic looking, and it it just makes you cringe. Like, I would never, I wouldn't watch that anyhow, like ever, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, it's rough, and then it starts to get better. I think I'm in episode four now, and it just feels more like a, a Stranger Things show now. But it starts really rough. So just so people know, unless you're Brad and you want to jump into fantasy of horror, then it's probably great. Yeah. But I was like not ready for that, man.
0: Well, you know, uh, that's interesting. I haven't heard um, a lot of people talk about it in that way, but I... I will definitely uh, put shields up for sure. So that's a good shields, one. Shields. So yeah.
1: Shields up. Should I open this huge box? That's controversy. Wait, wait, me, I got oh. one more thing real okay. quick and then let's open the box.
0: I just want to give a big giant fucking thumbs down, a disgusted, angry thumbs down to FedEx. FedEx hmm? sucks. FedEx can just go eat one, dude, because the people around my area, I get a lot of packages for work and stuff. And like the FedEx people have just been not fucking delivering the goddamn packages. And I'm sorry. But if you work at FedEx, your job is to deliver fucking packages. That's what your fucking job is. So deliver the guy packages. I'll tell you what I mean.
1: OK, because so this a couple, is not a left field for me. I'm confused.
0: Yeah, this is super random. So like oh, a while ago, I was expecting a box. I see the FedEx guy pull up. He walks up to, like he walks halfway up to my house and then he threw the box the rest of the way and it crashed down on my porch. Luckily, nothing was broken. But I'm like, what the fuck? All you do is walk like four more steps. You could have just put it down on my fucking porch. Right. Mm. So I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, maybe guys going through a hard time. Who knows? I like, whatever. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna let that slide. Cause maybe, you know, guys having a bad day or something. The same guy comes back like the next week, does the same fucking thing again, walks halfway to my house, fucking hucks it the rest of the way. And it crashes on my fucking porch again. So I call FedEx and I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. Like I could very easily at any time have some fragile shit coming. So they need to not fucking throw the goddamn boxes. Right then after that, um, I get a, an email from uh, a guy on eBay who I bought a thing from. And you know, like I don't know if you do eBay, but if you do eBay, sometimes they they send you an email. And they're like, "Hey, your thing has arrived. Your thing is delivered. Please go get it." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." I look at my front porch, nothing. I'm like, "Well, oh, that's weird." I go look at my back porch because sometimes you know they'll drop something off on the back porch. I'm like, looking back porch, nothing. I'm like, "What the hell?" And I, I double check the email. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, it's been delivered. It's there." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't see shit out here." So I'm, I'm checking in the bushes. Sometimes maybe it fell off the steps or something. Maybe maybe they put it behind the barbecue. I don't know. Like, who knows, right? So I'm looking all around. I go outside in the back, on the front. I don't see anything, don't see anything, don't see anything. I'm like, what the hell? I'm, I'm starting to freak out because, like, it's, you know, it's not something that's easily replaced. And so well, my wife is like, you know, you should just go walk around. Just go walk around and look. You never know, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I get on my shoes, go outside. It's, at, it's, it's on the sidewalk at the extreme edge of my yard outside of my fence. Like, the dude drove up on the street. He took one step out of the truck onto the sidewalk and he put the box on the Jeez. sidewalk all the way in front of my house. It was nowhere near my house. That's enough if for I, him. That's He's yeah, tired. Like, if I I mean, any, I mean, I don't know about you and I don't know where people live, but in my area, we get a lot of package theft. Package theft is a real problem. And so for this asshole to drop it off on the sidewalk that's a mile away from my house in back of my fence that I can't see, it's even out there. Unacceptable, right? So yeah. like, I call him. I call him. I'm like, that enough is enough. Any, any any Yahoo could have walked by on the sidewalk and picked that box up, and I never would have been the wiser because it was nowhere near my house, right? So, like, I call him up. I complain about it. They're like, yeah, 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 we'll get, take care of it, blah, blah, blah. Today, motherfucker drives up. He takes the box, gets out of the truck. One step out of the motherfucking truck, he takes the box and balances it on top of my fence, which is all the way down near the sidewalk. And it just sits there. If awesome. a strong breeze had come by, if anybody who felt like stealing a box had come by... It's balancing on top of my fucking fence. It's not in my house. Your job is to deliver the fucking boxes to my fucking house. Deliver the goddamn boxes. And I this is like the second time I've had to call FedEx and complain about it. And it's like, you've got one motherfucking job. Fucking do the job, okay? Like, I don't... If I was a doctor, I wouldn't, like, heal somebody halfway on accident. If I served you a burger, I wouldn't give you an empty bun with no, no beef patty inside of it. I would give you the whole burger. If you're delivering a fucking box, deliver the goddamn box!
1: OK, first off, I feel like you need to have like one of those like comedy rom-com or movie moments with him and just be like, hey, guy, what's going on? Like, just walk out there and be like,
0: it, it, are you OK? Yeah. You need a hug? Like,
1: what's going on? Like, are you, yeah, like you said earlier, like, is is you have some issues or is your like, legs hurting? I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> it, it, I feel like if you did address it, maybe like to the actual person, maybe it would get fixed. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Because sometimes Christ. sometimes people are – they get in a routine. I'm not defending him, but I am saying this no, no, is what happens. No, I hear you. People have a job, and they do it a million hours a day, and they're fucking sick of it, and they hate it. So they find a routine to do the least possible work. Now, that's still fucked up. You should just walk to the house. But I'm guessing that's probably what this jaded driver is going sure, through. It's like, sure. yeah, you know what? I, everybody just gets it right there. I just put it right there, and then I go to the next thing. Oh, but if you sure, asked I mean, him, I don't know, maybe. Let's see. I mean, maybe. Maybe he'd tell me to fuck off my own business, or maybe he'd
0: break he down and could, could pile and start crying. Maybe I'd have to get him a hot cocoa or something. Who knows? I don't know.
1: Wait, hold on. In the middle of that? Because those are both extremes. <laughs> he starts crying like a baby or tells you to fuck off. How about the middle? Is He goes, oh, yeah, no problem, dude. I
0: mean, like, I don't know. I feel like if you're in the middle zone, like he wouldn't be an asshole to begin with. I feel like you should keep, I don't... A, keep a lid on it. Anyway, I don't know what the deal is, but it's like fucking... Knock it off. Like, this is other people's shit that they've paid for. They're expecting this stuff. If you don't like your job, I mean, I don't want to be the guy who's like, if you don't like your job, get another job, because I realize jobs are tough and, and people don't take care of their employees. Like, I get it. I'm sensitive to that. But at the same time, you taking out your frustration is hurting my shit. Like, you're yeah. making me lose stuff. possibly damaging my stuff. I'm I'm paying for this stuff. Like, you know, like, don't hurt somebody else if you're hurting. You know what I mean? Like, there's other ways to do this. So I want to be sensitive to this guy, but at the same time, He's pissing me the fuck off because he's fucking with my shit. So I know, I
1: know. Uh, And to your point, though, like if I worked at a fast food, which I did in the past, and you're, uh, you know, terrible to people like that's terrible because they're paying you money to get like this fun little moment for them. So you're like wrecking their moment. You know, what I mean, you're wrecking their food experience. And so, um, yeah. All right. Well, FedEx, do your job. Do your goddamn job, FedEx. All right, what's the big box? The big box, which I will uh, now open, and there's a lot of tape and uh, a lot of red tape, I think. (laughs) I don't know if that works. But anyway, so recently I uh, saw a discussion going by that I kind of related to, and I'll explain why in a minute. But the discussion on the Twitters and the YouTube, and I watched this great YouTube video about it, that was actually like informative and not just like people yelling. Was about Xbox Game Pass um, and its value, and also like I, see a lot of people like dropping and like stopping their Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, that just happens with anybody. You know, sure, you're paying something for a while, and they they kind of showed like uh, pros and cons of having it, and I floated it out there on the internet, and you have it. I sent it to mm-hmm. you on Twitter, and you know the the baseline argument is that obviously if you play even one indie game from it. Um, and not even based on like what types of games it has. If you play any like pretty affordable game, you've already like paid for the Game Pass, right? By like paying, like, you know, playing a, a indie that would have cost you fifteen dollars, yeah, you pay ten dollars yeah. or whatever. It's so, a pretty low
0: price of entry for you know. If you look at it on paper, it's, it's yeah. pretty hard to argue the value.
1: So I think that that argument is not really like easy to make, uh, like w- like worth even going into. But my point that I thought an interesting side topic. Is that for me, you know, and I think a lot of people, we do have too many monthly charges right now. Oh, yeah. So if I played, like, I'm gonna talk about a, a game today on Game Pass that I'm playing, but before that, I hadn't really played anything on Game Pass for maybe a month or so, right? So that month, I could have saved me a little bit of money 15 bucks. 15 bucks, but not, you know, every penny's every penny. So then I think of that argument, which is kind of like, yeah, it, if it doesn't have anything that you're really looking forward to, it, it does make sense to maybe just pull sure. back for a while.
0: Sure, absolutely, absolutely.
1: And then the other part is, I miss like the idea that we keep doing these subscription services and PlayStation just upgraded theirs. It's just like, to play devil's advocate and why we don't need them, is I actually lament and remember going back to game stores, physical stores, and the excitement that that brought um, you know, the anticipation and like looking at boxes and figuring out which one you're going to buy and then buying it. And also like selling back games. Do you remember that? Oh, back, yeah, a long time ago, back when I was a wee child. Well, I, I mean, no, but I feel like it was such um, a good experience because then it's talk about money saving. Yeah. Like I would play a bunch of games. I really enjoyed them. I'd bring them back to the store unless it's like Zelda or some big one that I'm going to keep forever. And then I would get new games from that. But the point is, I would be buying them at, at point of purchase. You know, I'd be like, okay, sure. This sure. is the time I want something. Now I want it. And this idea and this concept that's like floated to us so easily, we're so simply manipulated to be like, you guys just subscribe for everything now. And you never unsubscribe. Got it? Cool. Later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my big like like uh not frustration or like it, but just like my point that I'd like to make is that, like not only is game pass just like i don't think they have like the huge titles that they were probably promising but even with those indie games i don't need a monthly charge of playstation and xbox monthly you know games sure i, should, I mean i think we should be buying games when we really want them but right? i
0: mean I, I mean i you know i think that's definitely a thing and in, in a larger sense i agree with you because i don't like how People in the business world finally figured out it's not about products, it's about services, right? Like, when that switch got flipped, I think there was no going back from it, mm, you know? Mm. Like, for example, we just bought my son a laptop, his very first laptop ever, because he just turned 13. And, you know, like, when I bought a laptop, or not, you know, a desktop or whatever, a million years ago, like, it came with a whole a bundle of software, like a physical bundle. There were some CDs, yeah. and some manuals, and you install your stuff, or whatever. And this time, there was nothing that came with it. Like, he opens it up, and it's like, oh if you want to use word and PowerPoint or whatever um, spreadsheet things, he's like, you need to subscribe to the Microsoft service. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's like another subscription. Right. Yeah. So like, I definitely, I, I don't like the idea that everything needs to be a subscription because that's, you know, constant income for these companies and that's where everything's at. Right. Everything now it's like game as service, business as service, service as service. Everything's a fucking service these days, which is a subscription, which I agree with you. I, I don't want to subscribe to everything forever because it's just like this drain on your resources and, you don't really like buy anything anymore. You know, I, I agree with you for that. Um, You know, also kind of a tangent, but, you know, with all the talk of like NFTs and bullshit, like, all the, I mean, it's a, NFTs are a scam. But one thing that I think is a concept that I think no one has really taken up is the idea um, kind of piggybacking on what you said about selling games back is if you buy a game electronically, if there was some way to say, I own this copy of this game electronically and I could give it to a friend when I was done with it or if I could gift it to somebody or if I could even sell it to somebody and it was just an electronic copy, right? Like, you know, we we, we kind of skipped over that whole electronic ownership thing and went just into uh, basically like eternal renting where this is a license to use it, but you don't own it. Right. So, I mean, everybody's got these fucking stupid apes and everybody's like uh, ripping each other off about NFTs and stuff. But, you know, if we really want to talk about a great application for that kind of a concept, I would love to, to go to Steam buy whatever game on Steam and, you know, play that game. And then when I was done, I could, you know, maybe I could sell it back to Steam at a discount, you know, kind of like what we used to do back in the day with this. Or at the very least, I would love to, like, send it to my son and be like, oh, I'm done with this game. Hey, son, you can have this game now. And it's removed from my library and it's added to his library. Oh, my like, goodness. That, to me, that's seems so perfect. Like, that's like a great idea. Like, why don't we do that? Something that would benefit humanity. Send these goddamn fucking money-sucking uh scamming apes let's do something good with it
1: oh my goodness that's such a good idea and i'm so glad that our podcast came up with it i mean you did but um so 50 percent. i'll give you some I'll give you some proceeds yeah because i this. brought that's up cool. like the premise that's started. absolutely you but by the way expert. um let's ca- not call them nfts though because that's such a bad connotation Ugh, yes so how about this of a crazy idea the digital copy. That's it. The digital copy. That's yeah, it. I'm down. Like, you I'm have, down. like, I just bought Horizon Zero Dawn digital. A digital copy. You know? And then I go, you can even just say space dash space digital. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, just call it digital. <laughs> yes, and then exactly. you go, okay, hey, Brad, I'm finished with Horizon. Um, I know you can't afford it right now. Let's just say that. Sure. And it was $60 um so yeah what the fuck bro this should be a thing and i go hey brad play horizon for the podcast and i just give you the fucking digital version exactly which is
0: what we used to do all the time dude like we did all the
1: time with discs
0: all the time with discs give a disc to a friend let a friend borrow a disc you know sell a disc and like when we were doing the early days of game critics podcast we would literally get like games in the mail like we don't I i can't even remember the last time i've gotten a physical game in the mail it's all codes these days but when we got physical games for review I would get the game and I'd be like, oh, OK, maybe I'll play this. OK, oh, this was my cup of tea. I'm going to give it to my other reviewer. And I just gave it to him like there was no like, you know, oh, I cashed in the code and I can't use it now. And I need another code. And oh, this is the wrong code. Like, like just the idea that we don't own anything anymore. We, we gave that up so easily and we don't really push for that anymore. But I feel like that was a wrong turn. We
1: took. Mm, OK, that's it. That's going to be all right. We need to do something about that. I think, like, not even joking, like, some sort of initiative after this podcast. I agree, dude. I agree. Get rid of
0: the apes. Let's focus on digital copies of games. Let's do that. Um, All right. Just real quickly to close the loop, I looked up on Google that movie that we talked about a second ago. Oh, yeah. About the people, horror movie, the people get locked inside a building, which is fucking awesome. It's called The Belko Experiment, B-E-L-K-O. Got it. Oh, my God. What a fantastic movie. Absolute recommendation for me. Love that film.
1: I'm glad I remembered it, that it existed, and then you could tell me the name. Oh, man, so good. Okay,
0: I'm done with housekeeping. Got any more housekeeping? No,
1: let's probably talk about games.
0: Let's talk about games. All right, Carlos, we're going to turn it over to you, start off the main portion of the show, Golfie, G-O-L-F-I-E. We got a code uh, for the purpose of talking about on this podcast, which you are about to do right now. All I know is this is a roguelike golf game. I don't know anything else about it, so why don't you fill us in on golfy?
1: Yeah, there's so many golf games out there. I like a lot of them. I still love that mechanic. But, you know, I just recently turned on my Xbox or my PlayStation, and there's always, like, new mini golf game for $5. You know, and you're like, oh, it's the same type of thing. With Power ups. we get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, sometimes I'm a sucker for them. But when I saw this and was excited to check it out for the show, because it's a mixture of things, it's roguelike, and it's deck building uh, with mini golf. So that's a really cool combo. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of, you know, that uh, you can move the camera all around the ball and you can like aim and shoot the ball and whatever. Like, I don't know what perspective we've never talked about perspective of golf games, but you're not like having a little character. It's just like you're looking at the ball and hitting it. Um, Which, by the way, I do like characters in these golf games, but whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, you're you're hitting the golf ball. I guess it has a little robot face on it, too, doesn't it? The ball does? Yeah. It's kind of like a super golf ball because as you get cards in the game, you can upgrade the golf ball's abilities. And that is basically like, so you're doing a regular uh, course. And let's say the hole is like the actual, you know, hole at the end is like up on a hill somewhere and hard to reach. You'll need a a card that is like lob shot. Right. And so when you uh, start each uh, putt, you get three cards. Uh, I think it's always three. And basically that's, you know, from your hand, like any other deck builder. And then, you know, one's like a super shot. One's like a lob shot. Then there's all these special things. And so like the lob shot you'll need, obviously, to get to that like ending. Or like there's like, you know, special power-ups throughout the course and you want to get to them. They're like in hard to reach places. There's like a curve shot, you know, it goes all the way around the corner so you can get it. There's like gold to pick up. And then there's like a vending machine. You can buy other stuff in the vending machine. So it's a really interesting uh, mix of things. No, that sounds fun. Yeah, it really, really works. Like it's just like super relaxing, and I'm always doing a little bit of management with my cards, and then I'm always like, you know, risk reward. Like, do I go for this crazy thing to hit with my golf ball with, and and get Um, like there's like a crystal you can hit, and it gives you like new cards and stuff, or do I like just go for the hole, you know? And it's just relaxing and cute and short review. I, I like it a lot. I mean, this sounds really cool. This sounds definitely like something that I would play.
0: Um, I think it's PC only right now. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I'm playing on Steam. Yeah, uh, okay. And it's and it works really good with a mouse. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll make it work with a controller at some point. But yeah, you know, like hyperspeed, jetpack. The jetpack's weird because you actually like, control the jetpack. So, once you hit that, um, once you hit the golf ball, you can, like, you know, uh, activate the jetpack. Mm-hmm. And so that golf ball like just like goes up in the air and you've got to like plan when it comes down. That so... sounds a little bit like Kirby's Dream Course. Did you ever play Kirby's yeah, you Dream know Course? What? I felt a little bit of feelings of Kirby in this. Oh, man.
0: Kirby's Dream Course is a game that like nobody ever talks about. But what a great game. It was basically golf. Yeah. But you, the ball was Kirby. And it's kind of I mean, not exactly, but kind of like you're describing where, you know, you would pick up power ups. And then if you were on a hill and you didn't want to keep rolling down, you could turn Kirby into like a spiky ball and he would stop or right. you could do fireball and he would like go up a hill, you know, defying gravity. Like it kind of sounds like you're in the same basket there.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I forgot that uh, it is similar to that, but there's also the uh, stacking of cards, which is one of the cooler things. I don't know if this happens in many deck builders. Can you stack cards usually in deck builders? Like say you have an ability and then make it stronger by doing another card. Uh, sometimes it's not, it's not very
0: common, but I have seen it before. Yeah.
1: Because that is really fun. So it's, especially like the power shot. So if you have three power shots, you can use them all together, right? You're like loading them up. Oh, and so gotcha. then it'll make it super fast. Or, uh, as they show a GIF on yeah. the steam page, you can do like inflate and make the ball huge. But if you have like four or three or three or four of them, you can like keep doing it. So it makes the ball super huge. Interesting. What um, good is a big, what good is a huge ball? I haven't used a huge ball. There's the name of the podcast. as soon as i said it um no i haven't used it in that capacity yet but uh i'm sure it has something because again each like uh course has like a different hook you know so sometimes they want you to use certain power ups sure okay but i don't know man it's so simple and chill and it's by the way it's early access i just realized Uh, um you know which i know makes you run away I'm, I'm happy to wait. I will wait You'll for wait. it to come
0: to console when it's finished.
1: But there's a lot of updates coming, and there's a roadmap on the Steam page, so check it out. Um, and if you buy it, because we got the code for purposes of talking on the podcast, but if you buy it, it's only 14 bucks right now on Steam. So oh, that's not bad. I mean, that's the price on. of one month of Game Pass. Oh, there you go. And this one, you'd want to pick the game because is would. the game you want. This is be the one I want. Right on. What okay, a perfect cool. thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just realized they do have full controller support, uh, so you can use a controller, too. There you go. Excellent. That sounds like a winner. It is a winner. Golfy's a winner. I won the golf. Golfy is a winner. All right. Excellent. Excellent.
0: All right. Well, we're going to keep it going. I I feel like this is going to be, hopefully I'm not going to be proven wrong, but I feel like this is going to be a mostly positive show today.
1: Ooh, because it was mostly negative last time. Mostly negative last time.
0: But I think this time, I'm going to start off with Dungeons of Dreadrock. Uh, This, I believe, got its start on either PC or mobile, but it just came to the Switch recently and the developer sent me, personally sent me a code. So thank you very much. Um, I got to say, this game needs a better trailer because when I watched the trailer, it did not communicate to me. That's going to be a theme on the show. It did not communicate to me what the game was actually like. And if I had known what it was like, I would have been more excited about it and I would have played it sooner. But because the trailer was kind of a bummer, I was like, I don't think this looks like my jam. I stayed away from it. And I only um, got into it uh, when I absolutely had to. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is not at all what I thought it was. Oh, this is actually great. This is delightful. I wish the trailer had been better. I would have played it so much sooner. Um, So what is it? It is a top-down, kind of like a Zelda, 16-bit Zelda sort of perspective, um, isometric, where you play a, a girl. Her brother has been sent into a dungeon to defeat the evil overlord at the bottom of the dungeon. It's 100 floors down. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. I know no one's ever come back before, but I'm going to come back. Wait for me here at, at our campsite, and I'll be back. And he doesn't come back. Of course he doesn't
1: come of back. Of course right? he, doesn't. he doesn't
0: come back. Of course he doesn't come back. So she's like, all right, I'm not going to let my brother just be dead meat in the bottom of this dungeon. I'm going to go in after him. And so you go into the dungeon, and it's 100 floors, and each floor is exactly just one screen. Like They're very small. Oh. Um, you can see it's exactly the size of the Switch or you know PC whatever. So you just like it's like each one is like a little mini puzzle. And I think that what's great about this is they the guy who developed this has done so many different kinds of puzzles and they're kind of testing you in so many different ways. Like each floor feels like a a different sort of a thing. Um, Sometimes it's about reflexes where you have to like maybe um, maybe you're in a room full of like 10 skeletons and the only way to get through them is to like time your sword swipes perfectly. Uh, sometimes it's about careful observation where maybe there's like a pattern in the room and the door is locked, you got to figure out what the pattern in the room is sometimes it's about um, the, the ones I really love the most are like the meta puzzles where he does a lot of things that you're not used to people doing in a game like this where sometimes you'll have to go back to a floor you've already been to and and sometimes it gets like fourth wall or meta, like for example uh, there was one room where there was a, a minotaur in the room and you're not strong enough to beat him like you, you got to stay away from him and you're like, I'm looking in the room. I'm like, fuck, there's like nothing in here. What am I supposed to do? I, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And then I'm like, OK, well, maybe I just leave because this game doesn't give you the sense of like it's not an open world. You can't go anywhere. It's like level by level by level. Mm. It feels very segmented and partitioned. But I went back in the door that I came in just on a lark and I actually went out of the room, went up the stairs to the, the floor that I was just on the, the puzzle I had just completed, and the Minotaur followed me up there oh, shit. and there was, there was something in the other room that I used to kill him. So like that was the puzzle was right. Was recognizing oh. that there was nothing there and kind of like using like all your environment, bringing him back to another level and doing something different. So like he ended up like, I don't know, falling through a pit or something. And then it took you back to the level that you were just at. So like doing that kind of like lateral thinking was really cool. So like, I feel like the puzzles are great. Um, I really enjoy them a lot. And, you know, I'm not the smartest guy around. So sometimes I do get stuck on puzzles. And I really appreciate that in every floor, you can either have no hints or you can have hints after five minutes or you can just turn hints on and get them right away. So he gives you the power to choose for yourself. And so I've been playing with um, hints on after five minutes and I'm down to like floor, I want to say floor 35. And I've only used hints maybe like twice out of 35 levels. So for me, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, And I feel like they're very... Um very well done puzzles. I feel like the controls are great. I feel like the graphics are very cute, little pixely graphics, lots of details. Um the bit-by-bit design of the puzzles is great, and that the meta stuff is great. I mean, it's just a great game. I think it's a great game. I really like it a lot. I, I, I definitely recommend it if you want something for the Switch. Feels like a perfect fit for the Switch. Bite-sized dungeons, great action. Clever puzzles. I mean, what's not to like? This is, it's a total winner.
1: Wow. Two winners in a row. And also, as I'm looking at it, yeah, the trailer does not do it any justice because oh, it's, it's really bad. story based. Uh, it doesn't really talk about the thing you just said, which is the coolest part, which is an interesting take on puzzles.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it says in the description is 1980s home computer RPGs revived um, in kind of a different way, which is an interesting way to look at it.
0: I don't know that I would even describe it like that. That's kind of a weird description. I don't, I don't really think that's the best put to put forward and the the puzzles that they show in the trailer are, are like, like when you're playing the game, they make sense. But when you're looking at, at looking at them in the trailer, they don't really communicate what's going on in the game. I feel like, mm. I feel like if I was this guy's PR manager, I would kind of do it all over because I think honestly, great game. I'm loving this game. I think it's, it's a total winner. Everything about it is really, really well done. So I, I feel like the PR is where it needs to, to up its game. Right.
1: But I will say this in their defense, that and it's kind of a tangent, is that I do remember old school 1980s RPGs because I played all of them because I'm an old person. Sure, sure. And there was, there was a lot of things that, like Ultima 7 and stuff, um, and even before that, there were a lot of games that did feel a little more open ended and you didn't know what the answer was. Sure. So I would say, in my defense, what the thing you just described is very kind of a 1980s thing to be like, well, you know, this is, you know, it's not sh- as straightforward as like Zelda. I think that's maybe what they're, they're going for. I mean, for. I think you're
0: entirely right, but I think the problem is that I don't think a lot of people would understand what they even mean by that. Right. Like, yeah, th- yeah. There's so many people these days where if you're not a crusty old dude like you and me who lived through those days, if you go up to somebody today and be like, oh, it's like a 1980s RPG, they're like, <laughs> yeah. what does that even mean? Pixel graphics, I
1: guess? It's for old people reference is what it is. Yeah,
0: maybe. and I, I feel like this game would appeal to anybody. I don't think you need to be an old guy to like this game. I think anybody would like this game. Yeah. So, I, like, going the nostalgia angle, I think, is the wrong track, and the, the trailer was bad. But don't don't listen to PR. This game is fantastic. I think it's really good. No complaints about it whatsoever. I think it's just it's a total winner. Dungeons.
1: Also- of Dreadrock. Sorry. Dungeons of Dreadrock. Also, it's four dollars on Steam. I don't know how much. Oh it my on god, Switch.
0: four dollars. Jeez, what a deal. Yeah. What a deal. Oh my god.
1: Uh, and the developer I gotta give the name out because it's ridiculous. Professor Dr. Christoph Minemeyer.
0: Ah uh, yes, that is right. Yes, Christoph. So, all all
1: right. right.
0: There we go. Let's kick it on back to you, Carlos, for metal is it metal colon Helsinger or metal Helsinger
1: metal colon Helsinger
0: metal colon Helsinger okay tell us all about metal colon Helsinger
1: man this is another reason I play games to watch, to find new experiences and as I always say I'm usually bored or recently or tired of the same old same old and this is new okay um, so which is really cool there's a there's a negative there's a couple of negatives at the end but in general it's a positive review we got the code I believe and also we had to like figure out, it was like a beta or press beta or something. Finally figured that out. Got to play it. It is first person um, shooter slash melee game fighting demons, but all of it's on rhythm to music.
0: Like there's a bass beat going on? Yes.
1: And and also it's obviously in the name metal and it has all these amazing like musicians involved. And I remember looking at the um, homepage for it, and people like from uh, System of a Down, I think Surge is is involved. In oh, this.
0: okay. So like actual like famous musicians,
1: famous heavy metal like metal metal stuff. Okay, all right. Um, like Arc Arc Enemy, Black Crown, all this stuff, Soil Work, and some a lot of my which I've heard, and I love metal. Like I love like just like kind of losing myself in it. Um, and so yeah, I was like, I was afraid if this works. I think the. It's still early. I don't think it's finished yet. Um, but I would say that mostly it works. And also it's like just super cool to have this kind of concept. You're like a demon person and you're fighting other demon people. You've seen that part before. And it feels like doom, right? So it feels like doom a lot of the times. But the difference is, and, and they give you a bunch of training missions in the beginning where, you, you know, the monsters aren't attacking you. You go up to the monsters and in the middle of the screen, there's all like this little beat pattern going on, like all the time.
0: Like a little, like a visual A visual thing,
1: and you can hear it, you know, like lightly. And by the way, uh, anybody playing this, do the calibration in the beginning, because you need to calibrate to that. It's like when you push the button, it helps when you calibrate. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, they kind of like, they make it, make sure that when you're hitting out of the beat, it's the right time, you know? So anyways, that's just kind of going, but then by doing well in the game, you unlock more parts of the song as you're like going through the level. So the song gets progressively more badass, hmm. um, which is such a cool idea, right? Like, it feels like those rhythm games we played where, like, as you're being successful, you know, you hear more of the song. Uh, we've heard I- – I've played games like that. I yeah, think of yeah. One. Every
0: music game is like – it's like you do worse, you get less, you do better, you get more. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's
1: supposed to, like, you know, pump you up and get you into the, into the zone, right? Right. And this does it because it's pumping you up with metal. You know, you're like metal music is happening if you kick ass. And even, like, like, so you, like, I have a sword, right? That's my favorite thing, of course. Uh, There's a lot of guns and stuff as well. But um, I'm using the sword for most things. And, like, so as I swing it, I have to swing it on the beat to hit the monster with it. If I don't, I can still hit the monster, but it doesn't hurt him as hard. And if you hit him on the beat, it hits him really hard. And you can tell the difference with the visual, too, right? Like, if you hit him without the beat, it kind of, like, goes, you know, and (laughs) it still gives him damage, so you're not like just failing if you hit monsters offbeat, but you're doing much better if you do it on beat. Let me ask you a question. Okay, yeah. so this is
0: interesting, and this reminds me of um, the other music game that came out a while that was uh, Crypt of the
1: Dancer. Oh, yeah, um, so yeah. So that
0: had kind of a similar idea where you needed to move on the beat. So I guess let me
1: – so first person is what you're saying, right? Yeah, first person, just like Doom, uh, but with melee and, you know, shooting.
0: So uh, in my mind, I'm trying to imagine, like, is – Are people moving to the beat or is it just like regular first person? Everybody's running around, but you're supposed to only attack on the beat. Like, like, are things synced or no? No,
1: nothing's synced. synced. But what's interesting is some things on the board are synced. Like there's power ups on the board. And let's say you pick up a power up that gives you like times, you know, five something. Right. Um, The power ups are all moving on the beat, like on the board. Which reminds you of Crypto NecroDance or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then the monsters aren't. They're mo- I mean, this is a first-person game. Like, they're not going to Okay, gonna so do everything's that.
0: moving around. So, like, for example, yeah. for example, if you turned the sound off and you just looked at the visuals, it's not like everybody's, like, stepping to the beat. Like, it would just look no. like a regular first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah. But the, the only – the music implementation is just the audio.
1: Yeah, and to that point, if you can't – Uh, If you wanted to actually do that, you could just do that, right? So say you're impaired and you can't uh, hear it, right? You could do it visually. You really could. Like, they do a really good job of, like, as you swing, there's so many visual cues that you hit it. So that's it's kind of for a couple different types of people as well. But I think this, I mean, yeah, the metal is so fun to listen to. You get to, like, the singing line, you know, if you're, like, kicking ass enough. There's, like, instant kill buttons that you can do when you, like, uh, weakened enemies enough. But you have to do those instant kill buttons on the beat. Gotcha. Because I've done gotcha. them before where I did You know, I did it off the beat, and they were like, no, you don't get to instant kill that guy because you didn't do it on the beat. Um, yeah, light story. I'm not sure how much they're going to go into story. It's just more like demon fighting other demons sure. for reasons. What, um, what else do you have to say? Yeah, you don't have to say much because it's fun as shit. And there's like a skeleton, like a skull head that you can shoot out, like, you know, stuff from and blow up walls and – power up and there's like two pistols and a big, huge gun. So there's a lot of different kind of ways to attack, but think about it, how in smart and I was going to say ingenious, but like to even like gu- guns and stuff to get that gameplay, right. But then also to get it right with rhythm, you know, it's not like it works a hundred percent of the time, even though I calibrated it, but it works, you know, really close to a hundred percent of the time. Right, right, right. Cause it's like, it's on me that I missed it on that beat. Um, But, man, I can't speak highly enough of it. I really, really dig it. Uh, There's only one con. What is that? uh, There's a voiceover, and guess who the fuck does it? I have no idea. Walks away from podcast studio. Come on, who 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 the fuck is it? Of course, is it Nolan North? I don't know. Who. No, it's the, it's Troy Baker. He does everything. Oh Jesus, Troy Baker Son that of was a bitch. second
0: guess. Ah, Troy Baker. Jesus. If he ever
1: hears this podcast, he probably thinks I hate him. I just want other people to work. All yes. right,
0: let's get other people. Other yeah. Wasn't people. Wasn't Troy Baker to work? the doof that was doing NFTs
1: too? That uh, was maybe him. I don't know. I just it's a light part. I think I just looked it up. And it was just like some narrative stuff that he's doing, but still, like. I just don't. I I love it being. It's like such a cool indie weird. Let's make thing. some
0: room for other people in the industry, shall we? They don't always have to be Nolan North or Troy Baker. It can be other people.
1: That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Anyways, this is a huge thumbs up for me, and I really really like it. And I've never played another game that has this mechanic. Like never. I mean, have you played something like this? Uh, yes, there are a
0: couple. Okay, um, what ones? I don't know because I'm old. And my memory doesn't oh, okay. work anymore. But Crypt of the Necrodancer for sure. But in terms of first person. No, I'm, no yeah, I, I,
1: mean don't know. First I don't know. I don't know about
0: first person. There's been another, there was just another one recently. That, but it was also a top down one. I came out like maybe two weeks ago. Um, same kind of idea. Move around. Attack to the beat. But again, it was top down. It wasn't first person. So Well, I don't think same, we have them. Yeah, this may be the first first person one. I think all the rest have been top down or something like that. So you may be right. Might be the first, uh first with that perspective. So because
1: it's almost like it's it's difficult to I know it's gotta be the one of the first, if not the first, because it was almost a little difficult, kind of a con, to get into that, right? Like you're doing two parts of your brain at once. You're yeah. running and gunning, and like you said, other games do it like on the beat. No one's moving on the beat, you're just fucking running and gunning and not trying to die especially if you're getting hit you know i finally started dying at the end um do the enemies
0: attack on the beat or they attack whenever they attack whenever it's just a regular fucking game interesting so it's so interesting to me that only you yeah get bonuses from the beat but nothing else seems to be tied to the beat that's very fascinating
1: yeah and i think that i was so hard like trying to get it on the beat that i didn't play just as like a regular game but i wonder if i just do that for our level if i would just like eat shit you know what i mean like you like, would
0: be so weak, or like your attacks yeah, would be so ineffective, or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it might be that way, but um, but it was really fun because I'd be running around and in my head going like, you know, <laughs> and I would actually like, yeah, I was doing an inner dialogue. Aren't you doing that all day, every day, anyway, uh, though, You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. Here's Brad's review of uh, a board game for Switch. Dent, gin, din, <thank> gin, when will this be over? When will this be over? Just kidding. And, and now let's go to Brad's uh, board game review game on Switch.
0: <laughs> Ironic that you brought that up. Really? Good segue, though. Good segue. Yeah, a good segue, by hold the on, way. Hold on, hold <laughs> on. When is he going <laughs> to stop gonna talking? talking. Da, da, about da, da, the this Switch is game. so boring. Da, 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 da. Board <laughs> <games>. <laughs> Uh You were so close. It's on the Xbox instead of the Switch. Oh. But basically, um, I'm playing Ogre, O G R E, from Steve Jackson Games. Oh, oh yeah. I, have you heard of this? I it's know this game. Famous... Uh,
1: Steve Jackson's one of my favorite uh, board games of all time.
0: Yeah, he knows his board games. So, like, respect to Steve Jackson. Um, so, this is an ad- adaptation of apparently a really famous board game that he's done. Um, I've known about it for a long time, and I've been, I have been—I knew that there was a video game adaptation coming. It feels like it's been in the works forever, and it's finally out. Um, so, what is the premise? The premise is uh i don't know near future whatever whatever there's a whole like a backstory and i just i kind of didn't care about it the point is there is an asymmetrical battle going on the ogre is like a giant tank it's like a huge monster tank and then on one side is the ogre and on the other side is a bunch of real small uh you know like uh hovercraft and small tanks and jeeps and and infantrymen and it's like an asymmetric fight so like uh you have to try to take down the ogre with your little dudes or you're the ogre and you're taking down um, the little dudes with your giant tank. Cool idea. I love that idea. That is awesome. I absolutely do not like this game at all though. Um, I, and I don't think it's Steve Jackson's fault. I think it is the fault of the people who brought it to video game consoles. Um, so the game looks like it looks like the board game, which, number one, is a problem. Because if you're going to bring it to electronic medium, I want you to take advantage of it. I'm not saying you have to, like, turn it into a first-person shooter that works on the beat. But, yeah. like, you need to put in some fucking graphics. Like, I mean, it, it looks the the tanks you're moving around looks like board game pieces. The board looks like a, like a hard, you know, like a hard copy board game board with hexes and stuff. It's fucking boring to look at. It's just really boring. And I really wish they had done You know, and turn them off if you want, but, like, cool animations or, like, you know, close-ups or a zooming camera or something, just to kind of jazz it up a little bit, it's really boring to look at. Mm. Um, So that's number one. Uh, Also, the UI is absolutely bonkers bananas. I don't know what they were thinking. It's like they had never, ever played a strategy video game before, and some of the things that are very common in how strategy board or video games work, they just are doing their own thing. Like, it's like it takes – an unpredictable number of clicks to confirm an attack on an enemy. So, like, you're looking at a board game, strategy, turn-based strategy. Here's the tank. Here's your tank. You want to select your guy. You want to attack a guy. Not only is the attack backwards in this game, where you select your target first, and then you attack, you select your attackers afterwards, which is opposite from every other game in existence. Okay, maybe there's a reason for that. I get it. But, like, you you have to click on this thing, click another thing, click your stick to move, like, the, the focus of where the game is looking at. And you go through a couple menus and then you click again. It's like, it's like five clicks to attack. And it's like, dude, that is way too many attacks uh, or way too many clicks. You know what I mean? Like, it's just really strange. Um, There were a lot of just really, really bizarre things about it. Like it just, the UI was really um, clunky. Didn't make a lot of sense. Was not intuitive at all. Um, Certain parts of the game, I just was not understanding. Like the tutorial was really terrible. Um, I just like, just overall, I feel like there's a good game in there waiting to come out. But I need them to like really understand that when you're doing an adaptation, you need to like make different choices, right? Yeah, add some graphics, add a little bit of flash. Um, you really got to work on the tutorials. You really got to work on the interface. Don't try to reinvent the wheel unless you have an absolute rock solid reason for doing so. I don't think they have a reason for doing so here and it just doesn't work. Like it's, it's just really confusing. I struggle with the menus and I just got was like I was like I was out after like maybe 20 minutes. I'm like this is re- this, nothing but frustration to play. And it doesn't need to be this frustrating. And I just feel like this is not how you do it, folks. This yeah. is absolutely not how you do it. So it,
1: it sounds like yeah, they just said, "Hey, here's the board game, and yeah. we're not really going to do much to it." Um, yeah. Or they again just translated it to what it normally would be in the board game into clicks or something.
0: Yeah. It just it was just really mm-hmm. poor, and it was just it just it was hard in ways it shouldn't have been hard, and it just wasn't. Uh, it was really slow, extremely slow, like really slow. Um, I mean, slow to the point that it was just kind of intolerable. And I realized that maybe this is a, a strategic think about it kind of video game or board game, but you got to like speed things up a little bit for like when you're playing, I mean, there's just no reason to not take advantage of everything that a console can
1: do. Right.
0: And I feel like they're just not doing that. So it was just like, I just, I just couldn't put up with it.
1: You're playing it in in your head. You're going chin, chun chin, chun (laughs) chin. When "When will this this be be over? By the way, okay. Before we leave that, which sounds like a miss. Um, Steve Jackson, one of my favorite, uh, you know, board game—I guess it, creators, publishers,
0: whatever—world-renowned dude. He's like a superstar in the board game. He world.
1: did GURPS. I, didn't he work in GURPS? I believe. I believe he did. Yeah. I think he did. So he. This is a quick tangent. He made this game. Him and his team. I'm sure. Uh, back in the day when I was young, but now there's, I just learned there's a sixth edition out there, so you can still buy it. It's called Car Wars.
0: Oh yeah, dude. I've heard of it. Did Wars.
1: you oh you ever play it? I've you're... never
0: played it, but I've seen it a million times, yeah. I'm going
1: to tell you two stories about it real quick. One, it's a great like, you know, the board games where you literally have a map and you're you're going, you know, hex to hex or whatever. Um and you're like placing down your little miniatures, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And Cars Classic is the one I had. It was the original Car Wars and it had like these little paper cutouts and stuff and there was like just similar to the Star Trek game. There was um like a little uh, character sheet with your car and your car had all these like damage points and stuff on it. So like it literally was like mathematical. And oh, you, yeah, there's a system. There's, there's a system. There. And also like, you know, there's damage points to your left side and your right side and you really like calculated all of it out. And for some reason I thought it was really fun. And people still play it like in tournaments uh, out there and stuff. Anyways, there's a new version. They made a video game version, but I don't think they're, it's not the same feel. But I what I remember always to this day is I was playing it and there, there is a character inside your car, but generally, you're just playing as the car, right? Driving through and, and right, shooting and right. trying to destroy each other with cars. I remember this one time, my friend destroyed my car. I, I would not give up, and I looked up the rules to have like me as the character get out of the car, <laughs> and then like I had a gun, and I remember like getting out of the car, and he still like has a good car and he's driving around the map, <laughs> and I got out of my car that was like burning and on fire. And I like went into a nearby building, and was like holed up in the building, like shooting at him. Like that is a vivid memory. That's of pretty mine. amazing.
0: That is pretty amazing.
1: I think I lost at some point, or they, or I think we might have actually stopped the game, and they're like, "Time out! No one's Whatever, gonna win." Yeah, because face, the car on. couldn't smash yeah. through the wall. I think that was it. Actually,
0: you couldn't kill the car, and the car couldn't yeah, get through the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I was just kept shooting at it, and, and at some point, it's like, Carlos, this is no fun anymore. Stop. Play the game normal.
0: Win, win. That's a win. I think I kill the game out of boredom. That's a win. I think
1: I won. There's my fun little tangent. Excellent. Car Wars. Car Car Wars. Wars.
0: All right. Um, Let me. (laughs) We're not talking about Car Wars. Uh, Let me talk about one more. The only other bummer game of the show for me is called Moo Lander. M O O like the cow. Moo Lander. Um, Again, this is another trailer where I feel like it did not accurately portray what to expect from this game uh all right maybe that's on me maybe it's on the trailer we'll see i don't know uh basically it's a 2d it's an indie game where you play uh, an alien and a little ufo and you have to fly around so what i thought i was going to be doing was like flying around these cool little environments uh zapping cows doing tractor beams on cows and kind of just like you know action sort of thing um and that is in the game but actually it's more of a metroidvania way more of a metroidvania than i was expecting uh, and I just, I just don't really enjoy those games very much. Um, there's a couple that I really like, but in general, I'm not a big fan of the genre. And this one, right from the jump, um, some puzzles that you're doing to like unlock gates, and you're trying to like figure out how to get past these locked gates. And there's like a ball of systems, and so you're killing guys to get level ups to get unlock more powers for your UFO. Um, and there was no map, and every air environment looks kind of like the same. So like I would open up a door. And the camera would pan over to show, oh, you figured out this puzzle. And the camera would go zoom. And then here's here's the door you unlock. Go get there. And I'd be like, bro, I got no idea where that's at. That looks exactly like everything else around here. Mm. I got, you know, I, there was a couple points. And this was like at the beginning of the game where I was like, just like going in circles, trying to figure out, okay, which way was I supposed to go? Like, I don't remember where. And they were, I mean, definitely needs a map for sure. But just like the, number one, on me, I don't like Metroidvania is that much. But number two, it didn't the graphics needed like some specificity if you're gonna not have a map, otherwise have a map. And in terms of the combat and the movement, it felt very clunky and mushy to move around. Like I was constantly getting hit by things in the environment, like spiky, spiky plants or little monsters shooting at me, where I would feel like I dodged it, but then I'd still get hit, right? So like the, the damage box on my guy was kind of weird. The motion of it felt a little like just unspecific. Like I don't feel like I was I was kind of stumbling my way through flying this flying saucer. It didn't feel nimble and precise. It felt like I was constantly taking more damage than I wanted to take just because I was having a hard time flying around the map. Um, and then I got to the uh, first boss, which was a cow, which had all sorts of spikes and energy beams and stuff. And it was like kind of a damage sponge right at the beginning. And I'm like, this is not really a great way to start the game. Like I hate this first boss and I feel like it's already kind of a chore. So mm. I bounced pretty quickly. I was not in the market for Metroidvania, full disclosure, but also it just feels kind of loose, kind of untuned. And like, I just... I just wasn't going to put the time into this one. I mean, you're not going to give me a map and playing this thing doesn't feel great, so yeah, I bounced. Moo Lander for me was a mess. Uh,
1: moo, you mean boo. Boo Lander. Oh, I see what oh. you did there. All right.
0: Um
1: yeah, I mean, I think I saw that come by up on the on the store somewhere and I was like, "Oh, I'll pass it."
0: So Yeah. Yeah, so oh well. All right. Uh back to you Carlos. Now I you talked about this this morning as we were like dming back and forth i've heard of this game and i've heard some people say it's one of the favorite games of the year so far which is weird to me because i didn't know anything about it and once i looked into it after you mentioned it i realized it was early access pc only which completely explains why i don't know anything about it because when that comes up on my radar i immediately take it off my radar yeah um but a lot of people are loving this game and it seems like maybe you are too vampire survivors
1: yeah, so this is a very very simple game. It's probably the game I played the most, even in my funk, because it's a relaxing, uh, super addictive game. And it is—I uh, don't know why it's called Vampire Survivors, by the way. I, I think the vampire part is silly because essentially you play as a bunch of different heroes and you fight monsters. So I think they should no vampires. I mean, some of them are vampires, I guess, but you wouldn't even know. It's not about that. Like. This could be called like endless, like fantasy RPG or not RPG (laughs) because, but it could be like endless roguelike dungeon game, you know. Like, there's no reason why they have to call it vampires, okay? I don't know, or survivors actually, but I guess you are surviving. So, what it is is top down, old school graphics, you know, super pixely graphics. Um, and you can either be a, a few different characters in the beginning, you can only be one, you unlock characters with money, blah blah blah. And again, top down. Think like old school arcade games, like sure. Robotron. It's actually closest to Robotron.
0: Okay, which Robotron is a reference that
1: yeah, people don't know. Maybe.
0: I mean, that's if you're a really, really old person. I mean, what else? Smash TV, maybe. Smash or like TV. What else is? Yeah, that's right. What else is? I got. We got to get a more current reference for that type of game because those are all still really old. References. I know that's a '90s There's reference. There's got to be some. So, are we talking top down twin stick shooters? What top we're down,
1: about? not twin stick shooter at all. No. Top no, down, okay, not a twin stick. Monsters yet. and enemies coming at you all the time, and you trying to survive. Right, that's the main thing. Which okay. again, Robotron and other games, you're actually like a, like actively attacking with buttons. This game, there is no buttons, and that's no probably buttons. why it's brilliant. It is an auto attack game, but you control the character and move it around the screen. So auto
0: attack in the sense that you're shooting, or is this melee? Is it is lem- it like bump into people let me melee? Let okay. me finish. Let
1: me finish. I'm just so curious about this game. Card. You know, he's it's like, like I more. need to know now. I need to know now. So the first character you get has a little whip, kind of like a Castlevania style. And again, it just periodically is going to, you know, regularly swing and whatever it's near, will you'll hit and kill. And then it will, you know, it has a cooldown, right? And so you're just kind of running around, letting it do its thing. Is it auto-target or do you have to aim no, it? No, you aim kind of in a direction. Okay. This game is almost like so old school, no polish, no like effort into like making it user-friendly really in a way besides that you just run around, but it's, it's supposed to be that way. It's like you get better true sense of the word roguelike as you, you kill monsters, you pick up these little blue orbs, the blue orbs get you experience points. As you get to a certain level, you get to unlock new abilities. One of them would be like, um, a little ring around you kills enemies. The next one is you move faster and you always have three choices by the way, when you level up, so sure. you're choosing your path, you know.
0: And you said this is roguelike, correct?
1: Roguelike, and the fact okay. that once you do finish a run of, and you die finally, you go to the main screen. There's a store. You buy things, right, with your gold, gotcha. and you buy things that are permanent upgrades. Permanent upgrades. Permanent okay, upgrades good. at the store. The things in the game, as you level up, are just for that run. Gotcha. So that's the gotcha, that's gotcha. the flow. And again, as you're attacking with these new abilities, you got like so one's like a, a knife, you know, that just like goes in whatever direction you're in. Uh, ones like, um, you know, magic spell that blows up an area that's, that's not near you just kind of randomly. Um, there's lots of different styles. It's not just all coming off your person. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And, but the the number one thing you're controlling is moving around and not dying or being smart about like, I want to aim this way because I need to kill these monsters. Now I'm going to go down and escape monsters and then I'm going to aim to the right and get these monsters. And of course there's magic, you know, um, melee, but there's also ranged Right, and so you could sometimes you're just shooting from far, and you upgrade those abilities. Well, anyways, at some point you start. There's like only five levels. One level, it's super long. I haven't beaten it yet. I feel kind of bad, but I feel like I'm really close. It's just a huge endless forest. So you're just running around in any direction. It feels like it goes on forever. The map's probably like you know doesn't end because it wraps around probably, and you're kind of just going around and like every once in a while, besides monsters, just randomly always coming at you. It'll slow down. It'll pick up. Waves of bats will just fly by, and you have to, like, watch out because they can all hit you. Um, Then they'll surround you, like a bunch of plants at some point just surround Uh you. And you're like, you've got to, like, survive enough until the plants dissipate, and then you can get out. And at the end, I think, of the very first board, which I'm really close to the end, they just throw, like, 8,000 skeletons at you, you know? (laughs) They're like, I hope you find a way out of this. And it, it's your duty to do basically like get the right path of upgrades so that you can fight through a gotcha. chunk of enemies at once, right? To like, you know, make it out of there. Um, what I heard, and by the way, I heard this two things from the, my barista, uh, Owen, who I go to get Starbucks from. He loves the game too. And he was saying that two things are interesting. The second level is a library. And it's most people's favorite level because there's actually structure to it. So instead of the first one, which is kind of annoying, you're just kind of going in any direction. The second one, you're like, there's hallways, right? Okay, so and more focused. to the more point. More focused, then you know how to maneuver away from the enemies. This, gotcha. this one, you're like, I don't know what's going to come out around the corner because it could just be a wave of something. Right. Um, but I think they're doing that to make you better, you know. And it is really, yeah, as you get faster in the level, it's so relaxing. I'd never listen to the music in the game or even the sound effects really I just kind of put them a little up. I just put my own music on and I just zone the fuck out and you pick up chests and you get stuff from the chest and you upgrade. And, and also um, Owen was saying, uh, shout out to my barista Owen um, that you can evolve the weapons later. So you get a weapon huh. and then you can evolve the weapons. There's some min maxing there. Um, it is fucking great. The response on steam is overwhelmingly positive. There's it's $3 on steam fucking $3. Uh, it's a, it's fucking amazing.
0: I mean, this sounds like a very basic, simple formula that is probably just done really well. I mean, this sounds like a lot of other games I've played before. It doesn't seem like it's breaking new ground, but I but not to say that's a negative in the sense that when you get something that's done really well or just executes really, really properly on the idea, that can be a great experience. I mean, this 100% sounds like something that I would love to play. I'm not going to play it on PC. Um, But if they bring it to console like Xbox or something, I would pick it up in a heartbeat
1: for sure. Well, they'll have
0: to, yeah. And I feel like
1: you could improve graphics, you could do a lot of stuff, but it's not about that. It's just about the hook, you know? Right, exactly. exactly. And um, and I've seen stuff like this. Again, most of them you're actively shooting, which is actually more annoying for me because then I feel like I'm fucking up. But this one I feel like I kind of min-max every spot where I should be because I'm Mm -hmm. just walking, you know? It almost makes it easier in that way because you're like... That the, uh, the shooting's gonna happen. If I pick the right upgrades, I should be okay. But I gotta like literally just run around this guy because if I get hit by him a couple of times, I might be hurt. So right,
0: yeah, and- it kind of puts your brain in a different space, right? Yeah. When you're not, when you're, we're more about like um, positioning and situational management rather than trying to line up a shot or something like when you get the, I have played some games similar to this where they take attacking out of your hands and you're really just managing your character. It really, it feels different. Like your brain is doing a different thing. Yeah, And that is, is pretty appealing too. I, I, I dig what that uh, concept is.
1: Yeah. I really like it. Um, it, it does again, go crazy all of a sudden cause they just throw like tons of enemies at you randomly and you're like, Oh my goodness, what's this going to be? But talk about your brain being like, um, what's the word just turned off, but also like,
0: Thinking like your flow state, right? Flow
1: state, not thinking about the world issues. It's like, no, I'm just thinking about how to get out of this skeleton barrage, you know? And there's, yeah, yeah. It is brilliant. It's like, it's quietly brilliant. That's what it is.
0: I mean, that sounds like a winner to me. Like, I love games that execute properly. This one sounds like it's got uh, all the boxes checked. So, like I said, I'm not going to play an NPC, but this sounds like 100% comes to Xbox or something or Switch or whatever. I'm all over it. So, for sure. For
1: I sure. kind of play it every day. So. All right,
0: Vampire Survivors, there we go. Uh, okay, let me talk for a minute about Floppy Nights. Uh, this comes from Rose City Games, and I'm actually a really big fan of Rose City Games. Um, they're these people in Portland, and they're kind of these quiet developers. They've made a lot of like low-key indies, but I think I've loved basically every game they've put out, and this is no different.
1: Before you start, um, so, before you yeah, start, yeah, I played it. You did play Floppy yep, Nights? Yeah, because I Game Pass, I
0: believe. It is on Game Pass, yeah. yes. Excellent. Okay, good. I'll hit you up for uh, your thoughts on it in just one second here. So shout out to to, uh, to Rose City Games. Uh, like them very much. Floppy Knights, I will right off the bat say I hate the title. I think they need to change the title. It's a bad title because Floppy is not something that generally has any positives associated with it. And Floppy knights, I don't even know what that's even supposed to suggest. I understand why they chose it uh, because in the game you have a character who has a robotic arm. And you use floppy disks for people who know what those are still Mm. uh, to put those into your arm to activate your abilities. But I got to say, that's a bad title. I think you guys messed up on the title. Um, So that's kind of weird, weird from the get go. But once you get into the game, I think this is actually a really great game. It is a um, top down or, you know, yeah, top down 2D turn based strategy deck builder, not a roguelike, no roguelike anywhere in this game, which I think is fine. Uh, so you take a character who has this robotic arm and she uses it to summon little plant creatures, little cutie plant creatures. Um, the very first one you get is called like, I don't know, commander thistle or something like that. You get like a little poison plant that spits poison. You get a little cactus that does area attacks. You get a little, uh, I don't know. Some kind of vegetable that shoots, uh, he's got a bazooka, whatever. Like it's all, I don't know why they chose plants, but it's all very cute. And you have these cute little, uh cutscenes with these cute little characters and you get into the battles and the battles are really well done. I wasn't sure what to make of it at first, but once I figured out how the system was working, I think it's actually pretty brilliant. Um, you have a bunch of cards, and I think it's minimum 12 cards, maximum, I think of 30, something like that. Um, you pick and choose. And the thing that Floppy Knights does differently than other games like this is they map uh, movement to the cards as well. So you get your characters down. You can summon them in certain spots. Once a battle starts, uh, turn-based strategy, as I'm sure many people have, have played, to, in order to move your character, like, you have to have a card. If you don't have a card that says move on it, you can't move. So that kind of gives you some constraints. has to make you think a little bit more carefully about your moves. And sometimes you just get a bad hand, because, uh, again, this is a deck builder, where you don't have your move cards. So that kind of puts you in a spot, right? you got to be a little more reactive. you got to think about what are you going to do if you can't move. But there's move cards. There's attack cards. And I think that that movement part really puts a different spin on it. Yeah. The levels are pretty small. Um, They are, you know, quote unquote bite size, I think. And so you kind of go through them. They have secondary objectives. And I think just going into this game with this cute aesthetic and having this, you know, I don't want to say it's too straightforward because I don't think it's too straightforward. I think there's a lot of strategy here. But the system of cards to move, cards to attack, and every level is pretty small is a great formula. I was jumping in and I was doing a couple levels in a row and I was really liking the pace of it. Um, I think it's really well done and very cute. I do have one complaint about it, but other than that, I think it's a really great title if you like turn based strategy, if you can also get past the title, which I think is really kind of off putting to people. Yeah. Um, before I get to my negative, Carlos, uh, what what did you think of floppy nights?
1: Yeah, floppy disc knights. Yeah. Even that makes more sense. I disc Knights sounds better than floppy knights. Oh yeah, disc disc knights, yeah. Um yeah, I lo- I thought it was yeah, you know, it's very it's overly cute, uh, which they're what they're going for. Uh, the art style, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I played games like this. I think we've all played games like sure, this. Sure, sure. I like the move, like you said, the moving mechanic actually helped a little bit. I don't know. For some reason, I like that. And the the main, you know, main character being the one you don't want to lose, uh, and then you have a bunch of little peon, you know, uh, characters. Exactly. So again, it reminds me of like um, that was in Heroes of Might and Magic actually. Like you had a main character.
0: And if the main character died, you lost yeah. the battle. But if you lost a if you lost a flunky, it was no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So I, I dig it. I mean, there's nothing much to say. I didn't play it for too long. Um, I it's that stage. I, I think I don't like the stage layout because it reminds me of like some mobile games or something like that, where you go stage one one, stage one two. I kind of yeah. I kind of wanted more of a story type thing because it it starts with story. And by the way, like really interesting representation and like I felt like very. A different take on things. Because did you already say this? But like the fantasy world aspect, I don't think you did. No, I don't think I mentioned like it. Like the mother is a magician, and you're oh, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. in the tech, and they're like you're crazy. Like it's weird to be in the tech and like robots and stuff when they're like, no, no, it's just magic all the time. You should be a magician.
0: Yeah, I thought um, that was interesting. The, the mom is like this big buff magician blacksmith lady, and yeah. dad is like this kind of like smaller, little, you know, I don't know. It looks like a book reading kind of a guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm offending all sorts of people. With that no, no, no. It's just, but... it
1: was a different take on like a family yeah, unit, yeah. which I like. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I, I dug it too. I liked it. Yeah, for Yeah. Sure. And that but that's what I'm saying is then I was like, oh, stage one, two. So that's my biggest con is that I didn't like the layout of it.
0: I, I think that was okay for me. I get what you're saying for sure. For me, it was okay because there were such, um you know, quote unquote bite-sized levels. And I say quote unquote, because my main problem with the game is that there's no mid-mission saves, right? And so I know that they intentionally um, designed them to be bite-sized. And I even talked to um, the developer on Twitter about this. Uh, I didn't realize I was um, uh, a fan of his earlier games. And once I put together who he was and that he was at Rose City Games, I'm like, oh, shit, I've actually played, like, all your games. Mm. And I think you're brilliant, and I really like your work um, as a game developer. And I apologize because I meant to write that down for the show. I forgot his name. Yeah, I look it up. Uh, I can't find it right now. But anyway, I am a fan of this guy. Uh, But the problem is that I okay so turn based strategy games are usually just slower games in general right because everybody takes a turn you got to think about what your options are you got to check people's um, how far they can walk you got to figure out you know where can I move that's safe that I'm not going to get hit like there's a lot of thought that goes into a turn based strategy at least for me I don't just jump into those and just do whatever like I really want to be fighting effectively don't lose any characters, make sure I get all the secondary objectives. Like, that's how I play these games. And I love them. I love these games. It's one of my favorite genres. Um, so I was, even though these are smaller, you know, again, quote unquote, bite-sized levels, they were, you know, it wasn't like they were five minutes. I mean, it was taking me a little while to get through them. Yeah. Um, much smaller than other games. I mean, certainly far less time than like an XCOM level or something like that. But I got to a point in the game, I mean, I was at least a third or maybe even halfway through the game where I was feeling like, um i would get about halfway through the level and then i'd be like okay i feel like i've been here for like 10 15 minutes that's more time than i am comfortable losing and i feel like it's pretty easy to make a mistake in this game where i would often like miscalculate how far somebody could go or i would um think i had one extra movement card and then i didn't and some of that was on me and some of it i think could be a little bit tightened up in the game um not a big criticism but and so i would i would lose uh my commander and if we said you know like we said earlier if you lose your commander you lose the whole map and so i would make like one wrong move and it's you know i would lose the commander the whole thing would be down the level uh whole thing would be down the drain and then i would lose that 15 20 minutes or whatever and i don't know maybe i'm just extra slow at these games maybe i should be playing faster or whatever but like i reached out to him and i'm like look i love your game i love floppy nights i think it's great but like i can't handle losing that much time and then one little mistake makes me lose all the progress i really would love to have mid-mission saves so that if i'm not sure about the outcome of something or if i'm not sure if i'm moving too far if i'm not sure if this guy can reach me or not i could save yeah execute and then if it's a wrong thing then i'll just go back and reload and i know some people think that saves coming or whatever fuck you i don't fucking care we're not infinite beings i'm not a an eternal vampire living in my basement right like i will die at some point and I need to maximize the time I'm here on Earth and throwing away 15 minutes um, because of one simple mistake does not feel like a good uh, use of my time. So if it had mid mission saves, I would recommend this to anybody. Um, but I feel like that's something that they really need. And I realize these these missions are the largest. They're not like two hour levels, but like even the time that you lose when you make a mistake to me feels like too much time.
1: Yeah, um, I agree to give up. You know what I mean? I agree. So. Um, yeah, so that is a good criticism. And I think uh, other than that, it's pretty damn good. And yeah. Will Lewis and Corey Warning are the co-founders of Rose City Games. And by the way, they also did that Garden Story game.
0: Garden Story. They also did uh, World Next Door. Um, and the, de- the designer, I don't know that that's the designer's name. It might be someone else. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not going to be able to find it in Twitter. I'm scrolling. Sorry, I apologize. Okay. But he did Plunge as well i loved plunge so much um it was like a fantastic game um anyway um i, I apart from the no mid-mission saves i think floppy knights is a total winner and i told them that if they ever implemented mid-mission saves i would be very happy to come back i think i'm gonna put it on pause right now because i i got really kind of bent out of shape about losing so much time uh but i would love
1: to finish it so okay people check it out i still think so too Yeah.
0: all right um so that's it for me carlos um uh, that was going to be it for us, but you, sneaky guy that you are, brought a secret game secret to the show. Game. I have no idea what it is, so why don't you uh, share your secret game with us, sir?
1: I was so depressed. I was um, just in general, but also like didn't have a game to play, wanted something to lose myself into, and lo and behold, my friend Lelena, friend of the show,
0: Lelaina. messaged
1: me, hey, have you um, ever checked out Dragon Quest Builders 2?
0: Oh, and I okay. was like,
1: no, weirdly enough, I haven't. I did play Dragon Quest Builders 1. I liked a lot about it. It is very relaxing. And, uh, you know, escape into like a world of building and fighting monsters. And I love Dragon Quest in general. But I hadn't checked out the second one. And guess what? To bring it all back, it was on Game Pass. Oh, snap. Snap. But yeah. that is, again, one of the only ones I'm playing for the last couple of months that I, you know, have been, like, really enjoying. So sure. either way, and I would have probably, like, she would have told me about it. And if I didn't have Game Pass, it was, like, $15 on sale. That's probably what I would have done, you know? Anyways, I'm, like, doubling down on that theory from earlier. <laughs> so it's it's so relaxing. And, and I think we were both saying the same thing, her and I, that it's it's everything that one did but better. So, like, right. interface is better. Um the starting of the game is so much better. The starting of the game is basically takes off takes place after the first game ended which is you know you beat a big monster at the end. And in this one all the monsters are on this boat and you're on the boat with them and they're like regrouping, you know. They're like we're going to build back better. Ooh. Oh, topical. <laughs> um build back better is that the name yes. of the podcast?
0: Uh, no, no, the the name of the podcast is, I already found it. I didn't tell you. Okay. You found it. It's It's going to be, it's going to be shout out to Owen is the name of the podcast.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. He'll like that. Um, so anyways, it's, uh, it's everything better. You're on the boat kind of in the beginning. And I just like that concept. It like immediately brings you in, you know, like I think the first one, I don't know. I I just couldn't get involved in the story very well the whole time. And it all felt very like all over the place and I was building things and didn't know why. But because it kind of made it, like, simple, you're on a boat, you got to, like, do things for these monsters. It's weird because you're helping the monsters, you know. And then you do, of course, crash on an island at some point, like every fucking game. And uh, the monsters are gone. But now you're, like, figuring out what to do on the island. What's interesting on top of that is you meet a monster-type thing on the island, and he seems to be really nice uh, and he's, like, telling you to do stuff and, like, go to different islands and find things. And it goes back to that Dragon Quest Builders build stuff kind of, you know, gameplay. Sure. But, um, it, like, at some point after you do, like, you know, not the title card, but something like it, you do, like, a few couple hours or an hour or something of, of building things and doing things. It goes to a cutscene and it says, like, little did they know that monster that was, you know, saying being very nice or whatever was, like, the Lord of Destruction. Oh. So, like, I like that idea that we're probably, like, you know, low-key helping the monsters. Uh, If that's what it turns out to be, it'd be great if it was. So it's just more of the same but better. I think all the interfaces are better. It just feels fun. Again, it hit that moment for me. I needed to, like, jump into something. It's, like, pure joy. It's so easy. You know, you fight monsters. You get resources. Uh, There's a little bit of eating and, you know, have to make sure you're eating meters up or whatever, your full meter. But it's so light. It's, like, not difficult at all. Um, and so that's it. That's the like kind of the short review and I'm playing it still. But the funny part, and it was going to be a tangent, but I'm too tired for the tangent now, but <laughs> too tired for tangents, too tired for tangents is a good podcast. That's name a good as well. title. That's a good title. But, um, is we don't talk a lot about games, a dialogue in this, in this podcast, and we should, because so many times we spend like 20 hours, 30, 40 hours in a game. And there's all these little moments that you and I, or no one talks about where the dialogue is ridiculous, right? We just take it for granted nowadays. Yeah,
0: exactly. We're like,
1: right. oh, that person said that? That was fucking way out of character and doesn't make any sense. And why is that person talking about jam? You know, like, but there's just so many little stories that happen in dialogue. So in this one, I was very focused on them because they're like, it's it's wrong. I think it's wrong. So the, the you meet a woman and she's like a survivor in the, of the shipwreck, Lulu. And you meet another guy and he's, his name is Malroth. And this Malroth guy is like a warrior dude, and he runs along and like fights things for you, which I don't know if you ever played the first one that had that same thing where you- I have,
0: did, yeah, I did play, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they
1: kind of like go alongside you and, and fight and stuff. So he's a douchebag and like really, really aggro. And as soon as we find the lady, her name's Lulu, she's annoying because she's like, I think we should do everything for me. Let's build me a castle. Let's build me this. And she's being annoying. But he's like, let's end her. Oh Jesus! What? Yeah, he's like, we could just put her away, like back in the ship. Or we could, like, you know, finish this off. He keeps doing all these innuendos about like getting rid of her. In quotes.
0: That's weird. That's that seems inappropriate. And I will say it also, is? I didn't, I did not play um, Dragon Quest Builders two, but I'm pretty sure that's the one where my wife was playing it, and she got kind of pissed off at it in the middle, because you get to an island of horny dudes, and there's like oh, one that's woman on par. And it got really like, I mean, I I wasn't playing it. She was kind of telling me about it, but she said there was a lot of stuff that she felt like was pretty, pretty distasteful. A lot of Indian windows and a lot of like, you know, I'm sure you can imagine what kind of shenanigans when you've got an island full of horny dudes and one lady. So right, she she was like, I'm actually not liking this dialogue very much at all, and I'm not down with this. But she liked the game, but the story bits. She I remember her being kind of. Uh, not cool with which i I support
1: i might also it might make me nope out of this like i can't believe that something like that would but because you're getting a lot of dialogue in this game you know yeah yeah it's kind of talky the the guy by the way malroth is a down about everything like i'm like saying something about being positive and he goes i never got into these hopes and dreams people talk about (laughs) again this is like to take out like dialogue pieces that's like fucked up just like what and then also, um, at some point, they we find a magazine because he's like a builder. He's got all these books, and the girl goes, "Is that one of your messy magazines?" Oh, geez. And yeah, I was like, "No, yeah. no. Why is that there?
0: What is? Why is that?" So yeah, this, that, yeah, this, this must be the same game. I think you're just in. You're in for more of that stuff as it goes on. So. Oh
1: man, I like the gameplay so much. That it's relaxing, you know, but that dialogue stuff. Oh my goodness! Yeah, not cool. Kind of weird. Not cool. Yeah. Anywho, there's my mini yeah. review. All
0: right, all right. Well, that's gonna be the show. Before we do wrap the show, I did want to circle back. I did find the name of the developer uh, who I really like. His name is Christian Scandariato. That's not one of the names you said, was it? Nope, it wasn't. Okay, so Christian Scandari I- Scandariato. I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly um designed plunge where the thing is awesome says he is the game designer for spooky buns games and for rose city games oh, okay. uh, so yeah i like his work i'm definitely a fan if he gets that mid mission save in there i'm back in All um, right. christian does great work so heads up and shout out again to rose city games which i think also does great work so um that is gonna do it for this episode another one in the can folks as always we would love to get your questions and comments hit us up so we're on Twitter at so video games, but you can hit us individually. Carlos,
1: where are we directing your traffic this week? TikTok, Carlos Rodella, R O D E L A. And, um, that's at Carl Sardella. And also I just put up a sketch about PS five being better than Xbox or which one's yep. better. And two yep. characters are hashing it out. A lot of the stuff that we've said on this show is in that sketch and I'm going to do more of them. This is just the first one. So go check that out.
0: It's a good skit. I just watched it. Check it out. Uh, as for me, it's my name on Instagram, on Twitter. It's B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 286. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. Just had it fast.